Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, we're live. So uh, this week, uh, no Jose, but we've got me, Esther, and cool Alex Savas, and our special co-host for the week, Angela Ooh, Hill. Kitty. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Angie. Thanks for having me. So, um, first, before we get into all of the things, um, how was your weekend? <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> it was fun. I don't know. It was a really long week. Um, and then it felt good to finally get the fight over with and and um, move on to the next thing, I think. Uh, but, yeah, I'm still pissed. Uh, I, I, of course I'm pissed. Even though this fight was a lot closer than the last one, I still I, I just feel so screwed over and over again by the judges. Like if you look at my last five losses, four of those losses could have or should have gone my way. So it's just crazy to me to to just keep racking up these fucking L's over and over again. It's just so annoying. So uh but I, I think after after a day of sulking, I've felt a lot better and just seeing seeing my teammates and my coaches and and just uh brainstorming with them on how to get closer to finishing fights and and how to even just be more convincing in the final round, uh just to convince the judges better. Uh because my last two fights, like, even though I did more work, I guess I wasn't convincing enough. Obviously I wasn't convincing enough. That's why they scored it for the other girls. So I need to, you know, like, ah, when I punch, like <laughs> give them action sounds and, you know, bam, zing, you know, <laughs> do stuff like that. And, uh, I don't know, just, just, uh, switch, switch things up a little bit more and not just rely so heavily on my boxing. So Yeah. On to the next one. How's your weekend? <laughs> uh, my weekend was okay. Uh, but I just wanted to uh, just to reiterate for anyone who's joining the show now. Um, this week, Jose is actually traveling to uh, Woodley versus Covington. Ooh. So we have a uh, all-ladies cast of the A-side. Um, our usual co-host, Alex Savas. <laughs> and uh, myself filling in for Jose, and I didn't. I should have put a cool accent over my name or something so that I could be a little more like Jose. Um, We're live, pal. We have to say it. We're live, pal. Uh, uh, yeah, I should have said that. <laughs> and then we've got Angie. So um, I actually just wanted to ask you a quick question about your house renovation. Oh. <laughs> Um, before we get started into the fan questions, um, 
how is that going? Because it, <laughs> it looks very involved. Yeah, um, we the house we bought, um, uh, you know, we, I live in San Diego and everything's super expensive here. So we were actually able to find something that was under 500 after wow. we went and saw how much work the place needed. Like the house that we bought, <laughs> it, it, the guy who lived there, he died in the house. So it's it's an estate uh, what do you call it? it? It was an estate sale or whatever. Um, uh-huh. Or no, somebody sold Probably. the estate. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's it's a term when the owner dies and there's mm-hmm. no one to pass the house down to. So so they were able to sell it in his in his honor or whatever. Mm-hmm. So in his memory. So we were able to go to this house and check it out. And the guy who lived there, he hadn't updated it since it was built. So oh, all wow. All the like power sockets only had two prongs. They didn't have three. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so it was like crazy stuff like that. So um, we've just been renovating it for about two months. <laughs> and now that my fight's over, I can actually go in there and do stuff myself. Like I, I pulled my bicep, like pulling up carpet. <laughs> oh, no. One day, like, <laughs> like two weeks before my fight, I was like, fuck, I need to stop fucking around with this house. <laughs> so, I'm happy that I can finally, uh, you know, afford to injure myself while I renovate my house and uh yeah it's fun it's it's nice it's therapeutic and I feel more proud of myself uh when I do it myself as opposed to just paying someone to do it uh so yeah it's it's been a fun little project so far are you are you watching youtube tutorials or how do you how do you even know how to go about renovating a house? Uh, I don't know. Like I start yanking at stuff and then <laughs> like anything I want to get rid of, like the whole place was covered in carpet. But if you pulled the carpet up, it was beautiful hardwood floor underneath. Mm. So that was the first thing we did ourselves is yank up all the carpet and pull the nails out of the, out of the hardwood and try to preserve the hardwood as much as possible. Um, but then we watched a few tutorials on how to like, finish the hardwood and wax it and sand it and we're like eh, we're gonna pay someone to do that so (laughs) so i can do the easy stuff like painting i can i can handle taping off the edges and painting stuff and not getting paint everywhere i can handle that Uh, i I try to stick to the easy ones (laughs) that sounds like fun yeah it's been pretty fun yeah so now you are a homeowner yeah do you feel more like an adult Oh, yes. <laughs> I uh, yeah. read newspapers now. <laughs> <What's that called? laughs> uh, yeah, I feel I feel more like a responsible adult. I feel more like a citizen, I guess, now that I have property and not renting. Um, I'm still in my rental right now, though. Like, uh, it's not ready to move in yet. So it, it hasn't really hit home yet that I'm a homeowner. But as soon as yeah. we get in there, like that's that's the one thing I was I was dreaming about my entire fight camp was just mm-hmm. sitting on the porch uh, in a rocking chair, you know, with a beer in my hand and like Adams in another rocking chair playing guitar. <laughs> you know, like just really cheesy, cheesy um, homeowner fantasies. <laughs> 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 well, um, so the A-Side is like a live chat show and we take uh, fan questions from both our website and well, actually from lots of sources from all the social medias where people submit questions on Twitter, cool. wherever, and also from YouTube. So um, why don't we uh, get a question up and start answering some questions? 
Sure. All right. This is from YouTube. And we have um, Kuning says, Kimuras are quite rare nowadays, right? So can we make conclusion that nut shots are a good setup for those such things? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Yeah, fake the yeah. nut shot fall over <laughs> bait them into your side control or to top control and then wah <laughs> oh, I felt so horrible for him we were, we were backstage warming up when that fight was going on and oh yeah and we saw the we saw the knees and we're like ah, that doesn't look well let's see the replay because a lot of times you miss it a lot of times the knee hits like the knee will hit the stomach, yeah. but then the foot will flick up and hit the cup mm-hmm. on the way up. And yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe something weird like that happened. But it was clean. It was like two clean knees. And I know how that feels like when I've when I've been hit in the liver, like in training and stuff. Never happened in a fight. But I know how that feels when you get hit in the guts and then it takes a second and then you like crumble in pain. So I, I, I believe his story where he says he didn't know what happened. It just, he just felt pain. And, and like guys have told me that you feel it in the groin as well. I, I mm. wouldn't know, but, <clears throat> but yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was horrible. Mm. Excuse me. I got a thing in my throat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Dan stuff over the athletic uh, tweeted chesticles um, because <laughs> that <laughs> seemed to go right up in his chest and somehow somehow yeah that they're uh, the ref called it nuts i'm not like a fan of that ref either um uh, a lot of his a lot of the fights that he's been refing recently i only pay attention because one of my teammates fought um on august 22nd and he he almost murdered this guy like he he dropped him he kept hitting him kept hitting him kept hitting him and he the ref just kept saying fight back fight back and my teammate uh uh Dwight Grant he gassed himself out trying to knock this guy out and he survived Mm -hmm. but then when the tables turned because he was so gassed the guy got up and just swung as hard as he could dropped Dwight a couple times, but like he still felt it still looked like he was in the fight. And so uh I always felt like that ref, like he'll he'll like kind of pick a side and then he'll mm-hmm. give one side a long time to recover, but he won't give the other side the same uh benefit of the doubt. So um after that fight I've been paying attention. Every time I see him refing, I'm like <laughs> and then he just totally screwed up with this fight. Like I don't, I don't know if you're allowed to look at the replay as a referee, but that definitely should have been brought to his attention. The fact that it wasn't a nut shot. Like I don't know, it's kind of weird one. In your experience, like what chance do you think Rodriguez has of as, as overturning this loss? Do you see that happening for him? If if anyone has a chance, it's him. Like I remember yeah. when, uh, who was it? Um, 
it was an Invicta fight, and there was an arm. Tanya Avenger, she was going for yeah, that Tanya arm Avenger and Yana. She, yeah, and Yana. They, she was in an arm bar, and she put her mm-hmm. knee on Yana's face to break her arm free. And the ref was like, no, 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 don't knee the face. And it wasn't, she wasn't, like, hitting her with her knee. She was just using the pressure of her knee to free her arm. And then when she stop doing that she got armbarred right at like immediately after so mm-hmm. she was able to get that fight overturned which i thought was really fair because the referee totally interrupted the the flow of the fight um so i i feel like he definitely has a chance of getting that overturned um it'd be ridiculous if he couldn't like it, it's so clear it's so it's so easy to prove like yeah, the referee fucked up, and that's why it should be at least a no contest, if not a knockout. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's able to f- rectify that. But if not, people will remember. Oh, this was one of those weird instances where he didn't yeah. really lose. <laughs> right. In some ways, I feel like fighters who are just competing for like any way to get your name in the headlines, win or lose. Sometimes that's you know gaining followers. Sometimes even more important i'm sure you know that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't even care about losing anymore it's like like, (laughs) nobody cares about like (laughs) my record anymore but i do think that it makes a big difference when you're when you don't have that many losses on your record like imagine if that guy was undefeated and then that was his whole shtick like i'm undefeated i have all these knockouts and then you take that o away from him that's a big selling point for him so so yeah. uh, i don't i don't remember what his record is but i don't think he has he has like maybe two losses or three losses like um yeah it it it, it sucks it sucks to to do that because that's your permanent record and anytime you get a loss that's that's you taking getting part of your i guess not marketability but that's your stock going down you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so um uh, not in the short term but in long term when people don't remember oh yeah that guy didn't lose that fight uh they're just gonna be like oh he's he's something and something like he shouldn't be mm-hmm. fighting for a title or this or that but yeah i don't i don't see that happening in this case because it's so obvious and it was on such a big stage that everyone saw it happen and dana white made a huge deal about it so people will remember oh yeah that that was stupid and that ref sucks <laughs> well, well, but what would you do if the ref like um uh kind of favored you in that situation like thought that you got you know, poked in the eye or something or whatever, and even going. And I didn't. I'm not yeah. that type of fighter, man. I like. <laughs> I, I know everyone says, "Oh, I would never do that," but I really wouldn't do that. Like, there's a photo of me getting a spinning, spinning back kicked, like right in the fucking cooch. You know, like right in the <laughs> vagina. There's a photograph of that, and I still think back, like, man, that was a close fight. Maybe I should have milked it. Maybe I should have acted like it hurt me, so like they at least knew that when I fell over, it was was a groin shot so they shouldn't count it on the scorecards or something like maybe if i get a replay they're not gonna be like oh she got knocked over like they'll be like oh she got hit in the crotch like <laughs> that's that sucks <laughs> give her a second and then i could have gone back and won the round but um but yeah i'm just I've, I've just never been like that in the heat of the moment i i never i never go for the i never milk the 
fouls or or act like something <laughs> happened that it didn't. Uh, I guess I'm just so honorable and so respectful. <laughs> <of my side. laughs> um, so we got a question from the YouTube comments related to this, um, and Angie. Uh, uh, you probably might be more poised to answer this, but uh, <laughs> Captain Sexman would like to know nuts. <laughs> Even though groin strikes are illegal for both men and women, why does it seem like only the men get groin struck? <laughs> I, th- I think we have a smaller target. Yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. For like where I would say really... it's a smaller target. Yeah. <laughs> Like I don't we don't have something hanging off. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have protection. Like you gotta yeah. get up in there. Like it has to be like right at the right moment, where it's like whoop, and then boom. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's less likely like, that we're gonna get a like a stray toe. Like 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 uh, Angie was saying earlier. Sometimes it's not even the knee or whatever. You 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 know you you knee someone and their the bottom of their foot flicks up and hits the cup or something. Mm-hmm. That's never. That's not gonna. Uh, that's not an issue. Yeah, because we are not wearing dangle. a cup that sticks out. So, yeah, well, most of us, so. some some of us dangle. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Um, everyone's <laughs> bodies are different, but yeah. uh, for the most part, uh, almost you might even say sometimes actually the cup is like a thing to hit. You know, because it's like sticking out or whatever. So yeah. it was weird because just over the weekend there were so many nut shots this past mm. weekend, and so and it was crazy that the biggest story. Um. Ooh, we lost Angie for a second there. Oh, not sure. Oh, there we. Okay, the biggest story, um, the weekend was a not shot that didn't actually happen. Um, whereas on, ooh, did we get her back? Can you guys hear me? I can hear you, but I can't see you anymore. So ah, I don't oh. know why. Oh, oh no, no you got. <laughs> <laughs> can't get us out <laughs> this show oh no. is canceled. <laughs> I'll just take over okay here we go <laughs> hey <laughs> the internet seems to only not work when uh when I'm when I have to do this so of course um, <laughs> um shoot what was I talking about you <laughs> said the biggest story of the weekend was a nut shot that wasn't actually right. Nut yeah. shot. <laughs> it didn't actually land because, like, there we still had like the in over in Bellator, two fights were known contests due to groin shots. Yeah, two. Dang, I, so, I only saw the one. I don't. I saw the one where it was the guy that um, I always forget his name, but the guy who uh, beat Wonder Boy, oh, Raymond Daniels, with a spinning back. Oh my god, that was so Raymond sad. Daniels. Yes, yeah, Raymond Day. Like He's so dope, painful. Oh, yeah. That was horrible. And then um, Peter Stanonik, his opponent, was just like, I think the worst part about it was hearing him cry. Just like a yes. uh, fetal position on the on the canvas crying. I was just like, wow, yeah. that is that is the most pain I've ever heard anybody in inside. Yeah. And he wasn't upset either, or not upset, but he wasn't like angry. Like um, uh, Daniels went over and was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like crying. And he goes, oh, it's all good, man. Oh, you know? <laughs> I, thought, 
I don't know why that made me laugh, but I just, oh, I felt so bad for that guy. Like it, it was just the, it's probably the worst nut shot in history to, to have it happen in succession like that. Um, and for it to be like those, I don't know, just such powerful. Oh, I lost you guys. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Just such powerful kicks. Um, one after the other. And he probably shouldn't have kept fighting. Like you could tell that he was already messed up uh, or he was still mm-hmm. messed up from the first one, but he wanted to fight, you know, he really wanted to fight. Yeah. And like, as he's getting ready to start again, we're, we're like watching it. Like, Oh man, he's not ready yet. Like he needs another uh, second. He needs to bounce a little longer. Like you could just see it in his, in his uh, posture. And yeah, literally like right as they started again bam oh it was so painful to watch and i think uh somebody was saying like oh it's gonna happen again like one of the commentators yeah. or something or maybe maybe one of my one of my teammates but <laughs> we're watching it and we're like oh man wouldn't it suck if that happened again and it was like literally two seconds after after that was said it happened again and poor guy it looked like he got shot in the crotch with a shotgun it was horrible <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good segue into another question. I think we could probably take a non non groin related question. Um, uh, Nick, Lolo, Lolo Dice or Lolo Dice? Not sure, but uh, says I think I'm pretty sure that for Angie, uh, you do a great job on the analyst panel. I look forward to seeing you on it more. What's been the hardest part of analyzing and talking about fights oh man um thank you nick uh <laughs> i think the hardest part is not saying um too much and <laughs> just mm-hmm. just doing the research uh i think knowing knowing the people who are lesser known is a is a is a tough part because you don't have the millions of interviews you haven't been introduced to them over and over again during fight nights where they have like the background story so a lot of the research that you have to do for the for the newer fighters and for the um i guess the fighters who haven't had that much press is is like I don't know. I feel like a detective, you know, <laughs> trying trying to figure out what gym <laughs> is this guy at and who did he fight beforehand and what what was his amateur or what what were his fights like outside of the UFC. So I think that's probably the hardest part. And then just making it common knowledge, like being able to rattle off uh, information about these people on the spot and not have to think about it too hard. Uh, but uh, but yeah, once I, once I get to know the people, like I, I honestly feel like I'm, I'm looking these people up and figuring out who they are and getting to know them. Yeah. Once I get to know them, then it makes it a lot easier to just talk about them freely as if I was talking about one of my teammates or, or, uh, or myself, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think that's the hardest part, but I figure a way around it. Do you ever find it's difficult to criticize fighters publicly as an analyst? Are you ever worried that the, they're going to be mad at you? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have to look at these people in the eye. You know? <laughs> I see them. I see them on a daily basis almost. So uh, it's definitely hard. Um, I don't, I don't know how Dom is able to like commentate during teammates fights. Like, I think that's insane. I, I could never do that. I'd be so biased. Just be like, what is it? Why are they looking at them? What is it? <laughs> He's fine. Why'd they stop the fight? Yeah, I think oh, Dom, I uh, 
maybe has the uh, advantage of caring what people think of him a little less than, you, <laughs> than everyone else. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely um yeah, he's definitely pretty upfront with <laughs> his opinions on things. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, I, I worry about it a little bit, um, but I I just started. So I think the more I do it, the less I'll care and people will not care about what I'm saying as well. So, but yeah, I, I still get mad at people. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll hear a commentator say something about me while I'm fighting. I'm like, fuck that guy you know, for, <laughs> for like a good year until they say something nice. And then I'm like, all right, I guess they're all right. Then they say, fuck it up again. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about balance. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you ever ask Dom for any uh, advice on h- how to do the gig? Or yeah, uh, when I first told him about it, he he gave me his little pointers on on what to do, or not what to do, but on on um, I guess the steps that he usually takes when he's looking at fights. Like just research is is the main thing. Research, make sure you know what you're talking about. Don't try to just go in there and freestyle it. You know, like do your research, uh, know your facts, know the know the lesser known fighters because that's where you can mm-hmm. really educate people. And um, mm-hmm. and I, I've heard this from a lot of people, but Dom as well. Uh, just just giving them information that as an analyst you wouldn't have, but as a fighter you would have. So um, if I mm-hmm. if I know mm-hmm. something about like you know recovering from injuries or something about like working with certain teammates that that person knows, or if I actually train with that person, all of that is mm-hmm. insider information that they bring me in specifically for because I'm a fighter. So I don't like I, I have to remember I didn't go to journalism school. I'm not there to be like a, a an analyst analyst. I'm there to be the 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 fighter perspective. So ham that up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that always helps because then I'm like, oh, it, it lets me relax a little bit. I don't, I feel less like I'm pretending <laughs> to know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just talking like a fighter. Okay. That makes, makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do have a, a non fight related question that popped up. Um, <laughs> oh. From Cynthia Vance, uh, what's the most addicted to a game you've ever been? And so I'm actually going to ask Alex Savas first because I'm going to start from left to right here on the screen. Do you do you play games and are you at all addicted to any? Um, I don't anymore, but when I was a kid, the game was 007 Nightfire on PlayStation 2. <laughs> I was... I was so addicted. I didn't even own the game. It was like back in like blockbuster days when you could like rent the video game disc. Mm. And I was like constantly yeah. like going back to renew it. And I just, I remember coming home from school once and I looked at my mom at the kitchen table and I was like, I just had the urge to kill someone today. And I think she got like super concerned for that. I'm like, mom, I'm talking about 007. Like, duh. <laughs> I don't even, I would love to play that game now because I'm sure the graphics are just like God awful. But for some reason, I just, I couldn't take my eyes off that game. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny what is a game you've been most addicted to 
Dude, I have so many. <laughs> like as uh, as she was answering, I'm just like, oh man, which one is the least embarrassing? <laughs> um, I think I think uh, well, the very first game I got super addicted to and didn't tell any of my friends was a game called Sim Ant on Super Nintendo. Oh, when I was a when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know why I got obsessed with this game. It was basically like a, a ant simulator, and <laughs> and the whole goal was to like make a really strong. Like you start off as the queen, and you find a place to burrow mm-hmm. your ant ant uh, farm, start laying eggs, mm-hmm. and then like the first ant is born, and you get to choose whether it's a worker or a soldier. <laughs> drone and then the whole thing is you have like this cast system and it was really intricate for for like a super nintendo game you would like attack spikes and stuff and um yeah i probably beat the game like 10 times (laughs) so i was really obsessed with that and i and it was one of those games where like when when your friends come over to play games you like rip it out of the console and put mario kart like oh yeah yeah. don't mind me just putting in the game that i play all the time (laughs) so yeah i think that was the first one (laughs) <laughs> uh sandy wow. fam asked angela oh, pretty good. nailed it <laughs> angela which fight are you looking forward to seeing when you are in abu dhabi oh man oh, yeah. there's there's a lot of good ones um i think um, obviously, I'm most looking forward to uh, Adesanya versus Costa. Mm-hmm. I think it's just such a, a cool stylistic matchup when you do like the precision versus power kind of things. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Adesanya deals with Costa's pressure. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Costa eats a bunch of shots coming in. You know, uh, so it, it should be a really, really exciting fight. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, and what else is there? There's a there's a lot of uh, good fights on the prelims. I think um, I know uh, mm-hmm. Loma Lukbanmi is fighting Jing Frey, I believe, Ooh. on either mm. either this card or the October one. Um, and then Home Aldana mm-hmm. is is slated for October third as well. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for Aldana. I I think uh, I think Home is the perfect test for her and. Yeah, yeah I, I really think that Aldana has a chance of getting at least get into that title shot with her last uh, knockout of, of uh, who was it, Caitlin uh, Vieira. Mm-hmm. Like that girl is on a tear. So, um, so yeah, I'm yeah. excited to see what that matchup looks like. Uh, and yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of biased towards the women. I, <laughs> I, I, I see the matches. I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be interesting, you know. And uh, and uh, excited for Jane Frey making it into the UFC. She's an Invicta fighter. Um, and, uh, yeah, the um, Victor girls have been doing pretty good lately in the UFC. So yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This past weekend, there were, you know, four, four Invicta fighters on the card. Uh, yeah. Or- the two women's bout. So, yeah. um, although for me, I actually would have given Aldana the title shot, um, just because they're, you know, Bantamweight doesn't have a ton of contenders at the top. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it, Kellen and Kellen was just one of those five 
competitors that makes everybody look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that Aldana was able to even um, finish her and be impressive was, to me, um, should have been enough to get her that title shot. And mostly just because also, what happens if Holly Holm wins? Were you going to give her another a third, fourth? Mm. How many title shots, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, I was trying not to throw too much shade because, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to sound better because <laughs> Jackson's fighters are all fucking assholes. But, <laughs> but you know, well, I mean, Holly, true. to be fair, Holly is like the sweetest person alive. But yeah, but it, but that aside from that, 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 that shouldn't. Being super nice shouldn't shouldn't also determine whether you get a title shot. So yeah, I, I feel like people think because I, mean, I call everyone bitches and hoes that I'm not nice. <laughs> we're all pretty nice. I think we're all pretty nice. Instead of realizing that you're just calling them yeah. bitches and hoes, <laughs> like, I guess all my friends way worse. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think just her style of fighting is is not fun to look at. And I think um, but I also think that it's it's good to know how to <laughs> fight that style, because let's mm-hmm. say Aldana does get the title shot and she wins and in her first match is against Holly Holm and you know if she can't get past that type of person who is just so good at playing the game and so good at like just smothering mm-hmm. people and then picking their shots and getting in and out um mm-hmm. if you can't deal with that then she's gonna lose that title and once you get the title shot I, I feel like it's really hard to get another one after you lose it like you can yeah. have like an immediate rematch but if that doesn't happen like look at Joanna she's she got her rematch and now or she got her title shot and now that she doesn't how long is it going to take for her to get back in title contention um just because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you already had the title. We want to see somebody else. Like, <laughs> yeah, get out of here. You're old news. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, I think it's good to go in there fully prepared for anything. And uh, the more you fight, the more the more that's going to happen. So I, I think Aldana should do all right against Holly. I think I think it'll be, if anything, uh, a good lesson for her if she isn't able to deal with that. That, but I, I think uh, I think she's ready, and I think if she can deal with Holly's um, uh, tactics, then it's just going to make her even more ready for the champ. Um, it's for Angela, but um, did you? Uh, I know I know every every fighter gets this question, but I'm kind of I want, but I'm I'm still interested in the answer from you. Um, what do you think about no fans versus fans? You know that the adrenaline or. Maybe I don't know how 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 is it fighting twenty five minutes and just hearing corners and no one yelling you suck or kill him or whatever. I don't mind it at all. I think it's I think if anything it makes you more in the zone. Something well, I guess I don't really. It doesn't happen that often to me, but a lot of times if if someone if nothing's really happening and you start hearing the woos or you start hearing like people booing and it can make you get going before you're actually ready or just do something, uh, kind of, uh, do something 
it, it can make you like act impulsively when you shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like it'll, it'll make you just like be, be reckless just because you're like, Oh shit, this fight is boring. Let me, let me get a little reckless real quick. And that's always a good time for your opponent to like, you know, capitalize. So I, I think, I don't know. I, I like, I really don't mind not having there, um, but it's really kind of jarring when you walk out of the cage and no one's there. You know, like, <laughs> like it's almost like when you're fighting, you can almost hear the crowd because you've been in there so much with the crowd. So, like, if I land a big punch, I can hear them go, oh, or maybe it's just like, maybe it's like, you know, commentators, mm-hmm. or maybe it's like our corners going, bah, you know, after a big strike happens or, you know, a takedown or something. But when you walk, Oh, it's almost like a surprise. Like, oh shit, there's no one here. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're so in the zone. Mm-hmm. Like from the second you got to the workout room to the moment you're in the cage and fighting, that as soon as like it's all said and done, and you look around and there's nobody there, it's kind of anticlimactic. And I think because both of my fights um, were losses, it was even more anticlimactic because <laughs> it's like they're like, okay get your shit, get out, you know, (laughs) there's no no, uh, interviews or photos or anything like that. Like, uh, they only do that for the winners. So, um, so yeah, it's it's just a little, it's a little strange, uh, when, when the fight's over, when you can actually pay attention to that stuff and you're not just trying to block it out and stay focused and keep your, keep your eye on, on the prize. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that's the worst part. It's just, leaving and and not seeing anyone no one clapping you out no one like shaking your hand like it is like the only fan connection that we get after we fight is on the internet and that can be accessible like like fans in person are so gracious and so dope and i know right (laughs) like fans in person are the best people i've never had anyone say shit to me in person or or be rude or 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 just not be appreciative of the fact that we went on the show, mm-hmm. but online is like the total opposite. So I, I just because um, just because it makes you appreciate the sport and appreciate the fact that you're putting so much into it when you see the looks on their faces when just being able to touch their hand, you know, uh, just they're, they're so mm-hmm. excited and they're so happy to take a photo with you, like. Uh, uh, inappropriate fist pose <laughs> and stuff. Um, I think it, I think those interactions really bring home like why it's such a cool thing to be doing. So I do miss that part. Um, but in the fight, like I, I don't even notice. Question for Angela. A main event is a big deal. What other MMA milestones are you expecting to reach for your legacy? Hey, um, I definitely, I, I still feel like, uh, the title fight is within arm's reach. Um, I, I think the way the struggle division is right now, so many, the people who are, are winning and losing a lot, you know, just because a lot of us are very evenly matched. A lot of us are, uh, you know, just, just good at what we do. Um, but as soon as one person gets like two knockouts in a row, two finishes in a row, then everyone's saying, Oh man, this person should fight for the title. Um, just even, even Rebus, you know, she, she fought Paige Van Dana 125, but, um, I think most people 
are pretty sure that she she's a strawweight contender, you know, just because of her her yeah. last c- couple of wins. So I I think I think it's a really uh, whoever whoever gets those matchups and whoever is able to dominate. Um, I think it's a really quick, quick uh, rise to the top. So that's that's why I got to get better at finishing because the finishes, even if I won those decisions, they're still not making me stand out as much as a finisher. Is someone who goes in, they get some knockouts, they get some submissions, like first round, like that's who people end up talking about. So I think um, just working towards that, working towards being a quick finisher, uh, just a, a more dangerous fighter. I feel like if I if if I get two or three finishes in a row, then that's an easy that's an easy shot right up to the title shot. Um, is there anything else you want to share before we leave? Is there something? Otherwise, I'm just gonna say thank you to for uh, calling in and being our co-host for the day. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> always, always thank happy you. to help. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> thank you so much to Alex, and um, thanks to all the fans who stuck with us through some of the technical difficulties we're having. Um, tune in um, to this podcast. You can actually hear it recorded on iTunes, Spotify, all the places you would normally. So um, this is Esther Lynn for the A side with Alex Navas and Angela Hill, and we're out. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.